Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome back Hello. to Death Before Booze. I'm Sam. I'm Jen. I'm Jen. Hi, Sam. And this is episode 18. 18. <laughs> we made it to 18. Oh, my God. And we saw today, we were looking at, like, our numbers, and we saw that somebody, yes. two people from Indiana, listened to our podcast. <laughs> So the only narrative is now that Ashley Flowers is a fan. So hi, Ashley. Hi, Britt. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Britt. Britt. I love it. I, I, I fucking call her love Britt. it. Britt. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. They're just like, it's they're Ashley listening and Britt. To Ashley and Britt. And they're I, listening. Those are the two. So we found you. We're just friends. It's fine. Yeah. We're know, just friends. Jen gets to text no big deal. with her. It's no big deal. I text Ashley Flowers every once in a while. So it's no yeah, big deal. Just, I just check in. <laughs> no big deal. You know, just girly things. So nice. No big deal. But yeah, well, like we went through a lot of our numbers this morning. We had like our little <laughs> business, businessy meeting, and I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. And this like, is exciting. Telling your friends like there are states that we don't know anybody in, and they're dying. Yes. Oh my god. There are states. It well. Oh my god. So excited. Well, so the. Yeah, what are we talking about today? Say, what are we talking about today? What story are we telling today? Uh, okay. This was bad taste. Was it? I'm going to admit this. <laughs> because, because don't, no, don't, don't be sarcastic. We, I thought of a great idea and I named it Great Balls of Fire because it would have something to do with fire. So then I did my case and I was like, well, okay. So Sam goes first. But it's just, I'm sorry. I'm going to hell. So it's just I look fine. like the asshole first. And then you just seal the coffin with that extra nail is basically what you're saying. People, my hands yeah. are tied. This is what she chose. No, this was, this was, this was a Jen week. Like, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. <laughs> I'll take it. And I will say I'm going to hell. So if you're going to say, wow, they're fucking assholes. It's Jen. Like, I did this I mean, I'm not saying I'm not an asshole. I just didn't have an asshole part in this title. Just, just I'm putting that out there. Okay. Yeah. So for our episode, Great Balls of Fire, I'm heading down to Georgia. We got some people down there. And we are covering the Savannah Theater. Yeah. So um, the Savannah Theater has actually had 12 fires and it is still standing it is the same building what the fuck? like the back wall of the theater is the same theater from when it opened in 1818 let's get into this like wow. i'm just this is i'm, I'm not gonna lie i'm gonna wow. try and go through this kind of quick because there's a lot and i i knew the savannah theater was very haunted i didn't realize it was this haunted like savannah wow. itself is I'm excited crazy and this is a definitely a little bit of a sinister so there's some like crime and then there's some lots of booze there's lots of booze um so i'm excited the, i know 
Okay, the Savannah <laughs> Theater is located at 222 Bull Street in Savannah, Georgia. It's like right around the corner from Chippewa Square. And that's where Forrest Gump's bench is. So that's where like they filmed all the, the bench scenes from Forrest Gump. Yeah. It opened December 4th, 1818. And it's currently 205 years old. And it's the oldest active theater in the United States. The first show performed there was The Soldier's Daughter. No clue what that's about. Um, No idea. No idea. So in 1827, it was the first fire. A candle that was being used to light the stage, like during a performance, fell and caught the wool curtains on fire. So they fell onto the stage and blanketed the stage. And underneath the stage is where they used to have the dressing rooms. So unfortunately, one of their starlets, her name was Elizabeth, got stuck under there. And she suffocated from the smoke and she passed away. So her and a few other patrons passed away that day. Everybody from then on called her Betty. Like her ghost was called Betty for years and years and years. Um, So throughout my notes, I interchange Betty and Elizabeth, but they're the same person. Um, There wasn't like no crazy damage to the theater. Only the stage itself caught fire. So they like fixed a couple of the boards and everything was good. Then the theater was having issues making money, so it's changed hands a few times. And then in 1830, a large stock company purchased it, and that's when they finally started turning a profit. Um, in 1861, douchebag Alexander H. Stevens delivered Hayes' cornerstone address. This speech basically defined white supremacy as the cornerstone of the American ideal. Asshole. Uh, that slavery was necessary. Asshole. And he also said that the subordination and inferiority of quote-unquote blacks was one of the foundations of the United States. I fucking hate this guy. Sorry, Southerners, don't give a fuck. Like, that's that's just wrong. It's terrible. Um, And then just a few weeks after this speech, this cornerstone address, the Confederate Army attacked Fort Sumner and the Civil War began. So... This is a huge marking right before the Civil War. Like, it, it's not something I want to talk about, but if we didn't talk about it, it would be a disservice. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a terrible, horrible thing that never should have happened. And fuck that guy. He's dead now, so I, I think it's okay. Well, that's good, then. Yes, yeah, it's okay. He took his dumb ideas to the grave. Fucking idiot. Um, in 1898, there was a massive hurricane that hit Savannah. The theater took a shit ton of a beating. So the roof was torn off. The auditorium was flooded, but it survived. In 1906, there was a third fire. Um, it forced the company to update the facade with like a dull brick, losing the design from the original building, unfortunately. So 1818, you know, kind of had that marble look like banks and all pristine. Right. But, you know, then floods, fires, everything kind of hit it. So now it's all brick because, you know, in the early 1900s brick was you know the material we used 1948 a fourth fire engulfed the theater most of the building was lost um after that it they rebuilt it in a more art deco style which is what it is today and then they reopened it as a movie theater not like a stage theater oh. the first movie that played there was mr 88 starring Burt lancaster and dorothy mcguire Whispers say that the 1948 fire was actually caused by a curse. What? The story says that when the theater was originally built in 1818, a penny was placed inside one of the brick walls. Like, so that fact 
brick wall that I was talking about that's very important that's still yeah. there. And it was discovered during a later renovation. So the theater owner of the time, Fred Weiss, carried that penny with him as a good luck charm. But in 1948, he lost it in New York City when he was on a trip. And then in 1948, the fire took place. Why would why would you take that with you? Wouldn't you leave it in the building, right? Wouldn't that? It was his lucky charm. Like he took it as like a lucky charm and then he lost it. So all of his luck went with it. And it was somewhere in New York. Hey, New Yorkers, maybe you'll find it. I don't know. Um, but it would be an 1818 penny. And the 1948 fire took place right after he lost the penny in New York City. Crazy. Huh. So Yeah, it's a little... I don't know how that is. But So then we do a real big hop, skip, and a jump to 2002, where we updated the theater again, and now we're producing stage shows. So they've gone... They've now gone on to become one of the premium music venues in Georgia, in all of Georgia. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So cool. So cool. So now we're going to get into all the hauntings because I have like three pages of hauntings. Oh, no. oh, this is a good one. And I tried to break it up uh, by like the haunt. So they all like as I'm saying this, they all can intermingle. Like at any given time, all these ghosts can be doing things at the same exact time in the theater to other people. So it's not like, oh, this will happen and then this will happen. Like, this can all happen simultaneously, which is nuts in my brain. So the first haunting around the theater was reported in 1895 when local police would hear applause and performances happening in the theater late at night when the building was empty. This happened so often that the police just stopped keeping track of it. So, like, at one point, they just stopped reporting about it because they're like, we're wasting our time. It's almost like in the high school one where they came back from the track meet and they thought they were throwing them a party because they won the track meet and they went yes. to the auditorium yep. and there was nobody there. Creepy as fuck. Yes. That was our high school episode. Make sure you go listen to that one. Don't know what number it was. Um, in 1895, the owner of the time went to the theater early. He wanted to be the first one in the theater that day to take a look around and make sure everything was good to go. Like a little maintenance walkthrough for a type thing. He stopped at the backstage dressing room and saw that a fire had started in the middle of the floor, but had seemed to burnt itself out. Nothing in the room was damaged, but there was like a little black spot in the middle of the floor. That was like the only evidence of it. And this is considered the theater's second fire. But nobody can figure out how it started or how it went out. Because it was in the middle of the green room, basically. Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah. Um, in late nope. 2007, uh, another person had an experience where she was inside the theater with a small group of friends as part of a ghost tour, which I think is awesome because mm-hmm. they actually have um, monthly schedules for like you can go on a ghost tour of the theater. Yeah, it's I like if that. you go on their website, they have like all different nights, like night with this psychic night as a ghost investigation night with a the, yeah like it's really cool they like oh, play that's it cool up that you can go with a different person that's neat yeah so if like they're not if they don't have a show going that weekend or that week they'll like put these other things in for you to go see huh. so when we go on our like road that. trip we're gonna stop here just so you know um yeah. so the in 2007 they had people go on a ghost tour during the tour people were asked to file into rows so the guy could tell them a few stories of the theater and while the guide is telling these stories, one woman kept turning around and she was like just convinced somebody was walking behind her. 
it turns out that the closest people to her were a few rows back. Um, okay. So she she kept seeing like something black moving behind her, thinking it was somebody's shadow. And, hmm. you know, she thought like her eyes were playing tricks on her. She couldn't figure it out. And then the tour guide later approached her at the end and told her, yeah, I saw the shadows running around you while I was telling my stories. It, it, you're not crazy. I, I just didn't want to freak you out. Yeah, I just got goosebumps from that one. Yeah, I <laughs> don't like it. It's already cold in here. Now I'm like, <laughs> another occasion, a group of female performers were forced out of the green room when they all had this collective feeling that they were being watched. The woman fled the dressing room before some were even fully dressed and would not return until the matter was solved. I don't know how you fix that, but like, yeah, there were girls running around with like their tops off, no bottoms. Like, they were in between acts and were just like, no, huh. no, that's not okay. We don't want to be in there anymore. That's... Um, Betty, Betty, is the ghost of an actress who would much rather be called Elizabeth, but people didn't know that until, like, the early 2000s. Like, when they had, like, a spirit box oh. session, and then she's like, no, my name's Elizabeth. Like, she told them. They were like, Betty, are you here? No, I'm Elizabeth, bitch. Like, get my name. Right. Get it right. My name was up there in lights. You're going to say it correctly. Thank you. Um, so she get, like, I know that Betty is like a, a, it's, it's a nickname for Elizabeth, but why would someone assume it wouldn't be like Beth or something like, you know, like it just, well, I think that's kind of rude. The haunting, they didn't know it was Elizabeth. Like they didn't put it all together. They just knew there was an actress who was a ghost and haunting the stage. They didn't put it all gotcha. together until somebody did a spirit box session and like the story kind of came gotcha. out and they were like, oh, that was a fire. Elizabeth, the actress, was under the stage. I didn't even know Betty was a nickname for Elizabeth until you just said that. Is that true? That's really a thing. I feel like I feel like I've heard like people huh. Betty because Beth. That makes I, sense. I, so that so when you said Betty, I was like. Okay, but then when she's like, no, I'm Elizabeth, it's like, yeah, because why would you assume that would be it? Like, that's not the nickname I would assume for an Elizabeth. But... I think somebody just named the ghost Betty. Like, it was just one of those, oh, there's a ghost. We'll name her Betty. Like, one of those type of things. Like, I don't... Rude! Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't know. I don't fucking know. They didn't have spirit boxes. Boxes? Boxes. Boxes. So Betty died in the fire of 1827. Her real name was Elizabeth, but over the years, she had become known as Betty. Her favorite spot is the stage. She's most often seen on opening nights of new plays or new performances. So what that means is like a brand new play opens or, you know, there's a brand new cast, like, you know, a cast change and they do like a whole. Yeah. So like if a show has been running for a while and then like the whole cast changes, she'll show up again. So all the new cast members know who she is. I like it. She appears briefly either actually on stage coming in from stage left or hiding just backstage behind the curtains. So like you'll see her head pop out like in the middle of the performance and she pops back. That's not creepy. It's fine. Uh, um, many have reported seeing Betty chilling backstage in costume as if she's waiting to go on for her next like cue. Like she's ready to go. Makes sense. Um, The next ghost we're going to talk about is Ben. He's the ghost of a young boy who died in the 1948 fire. He was seated in the balcony when the fire broke out and everybody kind of panicked. So to get out of the balcony, it's like one little staircase off to one side back in the day. Like they've added more exits now. Everybody, it's safe. But yeah, thankfully, there was only one way down and that it was the exit to like outside, like not into the lobby and out. It was outside. 
And for whatever reason, the door was blocked. So now you have the whole balcony trying to escape through this one door and everything backed up and he fell and he was trampled to death. Uh, you know what? I heard like a similar story. Like when we went to Sleepy Hollow. Oh, really? Cemetery. There, there is a similar um, story about a, a, a mom and a daughter. Same thing. The door oh, there was only God. one way out. They fell. And I'm like this. So this is like a common thing during that time. Yeah. Frame. Like, that, yeah, it's that's sad. Scary. But yeah, it. There, there were um, dangers of going to the theater. Um, yeah. So Ben is now tied to the balcony. He hangs out up there. Um, he loves hanging out in the technician room where, like, the lighting equipment is and, like, the soundboard. Um, but he really wants to play with the spotlight. So whoever's using the spotlight, they'll either hear a giggle or tugging on their pants or their shirt. And you just get the idea of somebody's asking to help. Like, they don't audibly hear it, but, like, they know it's like a little kid. Like, it's hey, kid. my turn. Let yeah. me play. Let me help you. Like, that type of thing. Um, He also loves playing that. pranks, so he'll fuck with the equipment so it doesn't work. Just to, like, hear the technicians get annoyed. And then he magically fixes it. I don't really know how that works. Uh, 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 uh. He also likes to harass audience members by pulling their hair and tugging on their clothes when the lights go out. So, like, as the oh. set changes or the act is closing, like, he'll fuck with people. They're not 100% sure if he's the only child ghost in the theater because some people have reported to have run-ins with a little girl spirit. There really isn't any information about why there's a little girl there. But she likes to move around and, again, like, play with people's hair or, like, you'll see her at, like, the end of your row, and then she just disappears. And you're like, where'd the little girl go? But you can tell, like, she's not supposed to be here because of her clothes. Like, yeah. that type of thing. Um, huh. There is also a ghost of one of the early theater directors who also hangs out in the balcony, specifically near the exit. And he's referred to as the director. And he can be heard shouting expletives. And orders at the performers during perform like during rehearsals if he doesn't like what they're doing. Um, but if he likes <laughs> what they're that. doing, he'll yell bravo and encore. Sometimes the performers will hear a slow clap from the balcony. <laughs> um, and where he hangs out is actually invisible from the for the stage. So I guess, you know, like the it's cut off. They sometimes think that someone has snuck in. So, like, they'll hear the noise and the clapping and, you know, the performers on stage have all the lights on them so they can't see. And then, like, where all the tech people who are watching the show to make sure it works turn around to look, like, you don't see anybody. So they're always like, security, somebody's in the building. And they all freak out. Oh, my God. Um, There have been numerous security checks and reversal interruption until staff realize, oh, it's a ghost. Like, we're okay. Um, it's fine. It's fine. And then they figured that it was one of the old theater directors who died of a heart attack while on the job. And then I'm going to go on to, I'm going to tell you a little bit about somebody else who's like a newer ghost, but it goes through the portals of portal to hell episode. So portals to hell is a show with Jack Osborne and Katrina. Don't remember her last name, but she used to be on paranormal state. Remember that one on the paranormal society from what is that? Pennsylvania University? I think, yeah, or I think I remember Penn. Penn. Yeah, yeah. yeah, UPenn, something like that. But it was a show in 80. 
Well, she kind of had a show with Nick Groff, and then she ended up on a show with Jack Osborne. And this show is like fantastic. It's on Discovery Plus. I would love to tell you. Oh, it was season three. I think it was episode 10. It's just called the Savannah Theater. And they go and they do their walkthrough and they meet with one of the owners who's also a paranormal investigator named Mike Etter. Pretty cool. So the first thing he does, you know, he gives them a little walkthrough and he starts showing them like different pictures that he has. So the first picture or like video, because they have like cameras all over this place because they know it's haunted. So there's this orb that comes off of the stage and it like changes shape. So it like starts off as a little ball and then it almost looks like a dove or a bird and it looks like it's spinning like a boomerang out over the audience and then it just disappears. So it like starts off really small and then it starts to get bigger and then it kind of looks like a bird that's spinning and then it turns into this weird shape and then it's gone. And I'm like, no, that's okay. No, I don't like that. Um, at one point, Katrina's like, I could see how that could have been something that like flew off the stage or like something happened and like they didn't really realize it was going on. Like it could be a light fuck up or she's like, it could be an orb. She's like, I'm not disproving it, but, you know, I can't get on board that this it's, is a right yeah okay and i like stuff like that because they are very logical they're a lot like what is that taps we're like they're like yeah they don't just they're take, trying to they don't take yeah. everything and are automatically like holy shit it's paranormal like they're like i can i can see how you would think that's paranormal I but it, i can but... see how it could also be something else right so during a tour that mike was giving there was a patron who felt like somebody, oh, this is almost the same story, but not the same story. So they were in the balcony. They had everybody sitting down and there was a woman who kept turning around the same way, like in that first story I was telling before. And she like, something was behind me. And he's like, I don't think so because you're in the back row. Like she was in the back row of the balcony, like, and somebody would have to like walk behind her. And she's like, no, somebody was behind me. I know it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Please check the cameras. So they pull up the cameras and on the right top right of the screen where the exit like the exit door is to leave there is a clear as fucking day jen clear as fucking day shadow man like it is a man you see a head two shoulders like he's walking through the door right behind her i'm freaked out i i I, I, don't like it i nope nope don't like it. Like, don't walk, it, first off, don't walk behind me. Secondly, don't walk behind me when you're just a shadow human. Yeah, just don't do that. Just stay away from me. Don't like because it because then everyone looks behind her and everyone's like, oh, "Are you like, oh, crazy?" What's going on? Yeah, you're not. Well, I nobody saw anything at first. They had to go back to the camera, and even when they went back to the camera, like they watched it a few times until finally they were like, "What is that in the corner?" And there is a fucking human shape walking. No, I'm good. Mm-mm. No, thanks. Um, then they went to the original wall that we were talking about. So like that original brick wall is actually behind the stage. So it's like backstage where people would run to like stage right and stage left. And next to the wall, again, as Mike was giving a different tour, there's like a costume rack where you would run on stage. So this okay. is like where you would do your quick changes. Um, there, There's a video of this. There's the costume rack with hangers and he's telling a story and all of a sudden one of the hangers gets hit so hard that it like flips over and you see it and it goes and he just stops and looks at it like in the video he's like what the fuck. <laughs> Jill, I don't like it. I'm giving myself oh. such I'm telling you go watch this episode it's fucking phenomenal. And then as he's telling Katrina this story backstage 
and he's getting like he's getting the camera ready to show her like the thing. All of a sudden, you just hear an audible, like somebody's like annoyed, like when like when Riggs gets up and walks out of the room because I'm being too loud, even though he has no bills to pay. He does not pay rent. He gets free fucking food and a warm fucking house. And he goes like it was like that, like exasperated. And she's oh, like, wait a minute, who did that? And nobody, nobody fucking did it. It was only caught on her audio. And she didn't do it. Like, it was nuts. So then what Portals to Hell do, usually they do their walkthrough. They get a good reading of the building from, like, the human who's going to tell them everything and blah, blah, blah. And then they bring in a psychic. So they brought in Sarah Lemos. Okay. And whatever they bring in a psychic, the psychic does not know where they are. If they have an idea that this human might have been there before, they'll blindfold them as they come in. So, oh, okay, yeah, All they right. don't want them to have any sort of idea. So, like, they work. That makes sense. They work with a few different psychics throughout the three or four seasons of the show. I think they have like a handful, and they kind of, you know, like what's his name? Coffee is on there. John Coffee is that his name? No, Chip. It's Chip we- Coffee. He's on it. It makes sense. The chick from because there's Paranormal State comes on. Okay. Because there's a lot of like people who pretend that they're psychics. And if you give them all of the information, like again, I, I'm not saying it's I'm one way or the other, but there are people I think that are good at what they do. And then there's others that are just like going to Salem to get some money and yep. you know. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. But so this girl, I believe they brought her in like blindfold and then they let like they took the blindfold off when she was actually inside the theater. So she knew she was in a theater, but she like you're still kind Didn't of nowhere. Yes. She knew she was in Georgia. Like they picked her up from the airport. They drove around for a while, had her blindfolded. And then they so I don't even know if she knew she was in Savannah exactly, which is kind of creepy. Huh. But what? Yeah. So she comes in. And she walks into the, like, orchestra area and she looks up and she automatically is like, there's a shadow figure upstairs in the balcony who, like, nope. runs around. They like to go in and out of the exits, but they're always checking around. And she was mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not a bad person. It's just yeah. a shadow figure. And something about they probably died here and probably have a heart attack. So that just oh. all checked out for the yeah, shadow figure that that's upstairs. Out. Cool. Um, then she says to Katrina, I feel like there's a brick wall I need to find. Where is there a brick wall here? So they're like, okay. Oh. And they bring her right to the back of the stage. And she's saying that there was something on the other side of the building that's very important that people have forgotten about. Like there was a building or there was a something there that people should know people forgot about. And um, later on when they catch up with Mike, like the owner... He tells them, well, the biggest cemetery of Savannah was there. And when they were building the theater and they were building like the alley behind the theater, they didn't realize where some of the bodies were because of how old the theater was. So some people could have gotten moved. Um, Some graves could have been disturbed. And it's still a but to cemetery. Like the cemetery is still like not right behind it, but behind it. Yeah. And um, he's like, there could be, unfortunately, some bodies or partial bodies actually under the foundation Good. or like that's great it could have gotten fucked up that's from that wonderful. and they're like okay well that could be a little bit of your problem because even yeah. this chick sarah was like there it's so busy here there's so much going on she's like there are some like distinct people who are here but there's just so much then as they as she's looking at the wall and she's telling katrina all this 
there's a ladder that goes up to the flies. Like, so where you would pull your curtains or like change out your curtains and have all your lights and all that stuff. The fucking ladder moves. No one's touching it. No one's near it. It's a big, heavy, like metal fucking ladder that's painted black. And you hear it just go, like you hear the metal go, like somebody tried to pick it up a little bit and then dropped it back on the floor. And then drop it. And you see it. Like, it's uh, not uh, just a noise. Uh-uh. You see the thing move. And I'm telling you, Jack Osborne's like, the f- What the f- What was Like, holy shit. Crazy. Uh, everybody kind of freaks out, as you do. I mean, I would too. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't like that. Um, <laughs> then they kind of freak out. And they're like, okay, let's go somewhere else to, like, calm down. So they move to the green room. And the first thing Sarah sees or feels is that someone hung themselves there. And that there was, like, a really terrible struggle between a man and a woman, possibly some sort of assault, probably in the sexual nature. And Katrina goes, okay, will either of these entities, like, show themselves? And if they would, how would they do that? So she goes, "Um, you would know she was here by the smell. And Jack automatically goes of flowers. I smell flowers. Right now, I smell flowers. He was the only one who smelled flowers, and he said it, like, while she was saying it. So that was a little creepy. Katrina says again, you know, what about the guy? What would he do? And she was like, he's going to curse at you. You're going to know that you're not wanted here. He's a gruff guy. I don't like him. He's he's icky. She kept calling him Mr. Icky. Um, And then later on, we find out from Mike, or you hear a little bit about it in the beginning, but at the end, like, you really hear from Mike that there was a guy who was, like, a stage manager, a stagehand who helped run the building for years. And I'm pretty sure he also had a heart attack, but I don't think he was in the building when it happened. So I think okay. Bill and the director right now kind of get confused because you, you see a black shadow figure, but he just hangs out in the balcony. Whereas Bill, who is not a nice person. No, and clearly. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knew something was up with him and it, it just wasn't right. But, you know, they have their own industry. It's a whole thing. I mean, me too now. It's a whole we're fixing it. The world is trying to write it. It's okay. We'll fix it at some point. They say that it was probably that the woman was so tired of being, you know, assaulted in different ways that she hung herself yeah. in that room because of him. God damn it. And God he, it. um, to this day, is like just an asshole. Even in death, he's an asshole. During the investigation now. So that's the, the psychic walkthrough is done. And now we're actually at the investigation part. So Katrina and Jack go back up to the balcony and ask for elizabeth to take center stage so they can get a picture of her and she can audition she's like they're like we're gonna give you the part anyway we know it we just need to show that we did it this way you know can you just come center stage and sing a few bars for us whatever song you want you know like let's just do this and then they put on the spear box because they weren't really getting pictures and immediately the box comes on and you hear can't help and then you hear the new ones so these are new paranormal investigators and who's ever on the balcony can't help them right now. That freaked me out. I don't, I don't know. Uh-uh. I don't know what to no. say to that. No. Uh-uh. So then um, Katrina and Jack move back where the ladder is and like that quick change area. And Katrina turns on the spare box and she goes, Bill, I want to audition for the next show. What do I have to do? And automatically it says, bitch, fuck that. And then it laughs. And then she's like, I hope I don't have to wear anything too revealing. What, like, what will I have to do for this audition? And, you know, it just keeps calling her a bitch. 
Like she's trying to be suggestive, and he's asshole. like, "You're a bitch. Fuck that." Yeah, it, like oh that. What a what an asshole. So <laughs> then you hear audible heavy breathing, and then a different voice goes, "Micah." So Micah is another paranormal investigator who's there all the time. They interviewed him in the beginning a little bit, and they think, "Let's bring him back. Like maybe it'll stir up a little bit more." Right. So they call Micah, and he comes back. And the second Micah comes in, everything goes nuts. The REM pods going off. The EMF detectors going off. All their shit is glitching. They go backstage, and as they're walking, he's telling them, he's like, oh, you talked to Bill tonight already. He's like, I just know. And she's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, he called you a bitch. He calls all the girls a bitch. And she's like, holy fuck, how did you know that? All the girls a bitch. Yeah, all the girls are a bitch. (laughs) So they put the, um, they all sit in the front row, and they have the spirit box going. And Katrina has Micah, like, kind of lead everything, and he asks Betty to sing a song, and you hear music come out of the spirit box, like, old-time music. Interesting. Yeah, so then um, Micah says, thank you, and you get, you're welcome. Then Elizabeth is said, and then somebody goes, wait, that was Elizabeth? And you hear, yes, it was. So then Katrina asks, you know, woman to woman, would I have a problem with Bill? Will he make me do something I don't want to do? And the response, and this is what I heard. Ken and I heard different things. So the response is a male voice. It is not Elizabeth. It's a male voice. And I hear, oh, I absolutely will. Just like that. And Ken's heard, oh, I absolutely will not. Both sound very sarcastic and like not great. Like not good at all. So then another voice starts coming out and it kind of sounds like a little kid and tells Micah to switch seats and tells him where to sit. So he goes and he moves. And then they take the spirit box backstage and they ask how many fires have been here? And a number, the number 12, like a female goes 12. And then they ask, okay, you know, we've been here a while. Do you want us to leave? And clear as day, yup. Like, yup. You hear the P. And they go, okay. And they all leave. And that's, that is the end of my story of um, the so Savannah bizarre. Theater. And I have so many curse symbols from it. I just love, like, because so- a lot of the times when you watch Ghost Adventures or that the spirit box doesn't give full wording. So yeah. you're like, okay, I don't know about this. But the fact that there was so clear a response that was oh, I absolutely will. And it's not just like, yeah. yes, it's no. Not, well, they use a different box than Zach Bagans does too. Like they have a whole different oh, okay. setup. It looks like an old time radio. And oh. yeah, it, it's almost like, oh, how do I explain this? So there was one episode where they had um, a spirit box that was running the sound on a different wavelength. So you didn't hear like the, it was just quiet. And you were getting almost sentences. So I kind of feel like that's more the technology that they used on Portals to Hell a lot of the time. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, if you're in Savannah, make sure you go visit, go on a ghost tour, and then um, tell us every little detail because that's what we want to hear. And I would be very happy to read that email immediately. Yeah. Because that's, oh, my God. Absolutely. That just makes me go. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sorry that was a little long, but those are your politics of the Savannah Theater. That's amazing. I love it. 
And I'm putting that on our yeah. uh, road trip when we go down south whenever we meet. Okay. Okay, well, Jen. I'm ready to get more scared. I'm, like, really, like, nervous right now. Like, I have that nervous laughter going and, like, the weird, like, uh, sweat. Yeah. See, I heard about this particular case a while ago. Okay. It's not one that I see a ton of podcasts do. Mm-hmm. Actually, I reached out to my friend Ashley Flower. Ashley and I had... And they... I'm so glad you're listening. And they hadn't done it because I had asked, like, you know, when you're on the, like, it, it says, hey, uh, message us, request a case and all that stuff. So they were like, actually, we haven't heard of this one. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, we're going to have a case that actually was hasn't really... heard of. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Have some chill, Jen. So. God. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's fangirl out. It's so big. It's fine. It's no big deal. Um, so this is the the brutal murder of Jessica Chambers. I don't know who that is. Okay, let's go. Should I know who that is? Wait, should I know? As a no, um, I honestly, Ashley Flowers doesn't know. I don't have to know. I honestly, (laughs) but I have to. Um, it's really interesting because this was one of those like really brutal cases to the point where like everybody talked about it during that time. Oh my God. So it was really interesting to me that when I mentioned it, either Ashley Flowers or Britt or whoever checks their, their website was like, we haven't heard of this one. And I'm like, huh. Oh, now, a lot of my beginning research comes from true crime all the time. I love Mike and Gibby, um, and they do a really nice job of doing the beginning and kind of talking about the victim a little bit, because I was getting a lot on the murder and about all the brutal stuff, but I wasn't really getting a lot of her background. So I appreciate them. And one day when we meet them at CrimeCon, I will be like, I love you guys. (laughs) I think if ever we go to CrimeCon, I'm going to, you know, when you were a kid and you went to Disney World and you had like the autograph book, I'm just going to make us Uh an autograph book. (laughs) It'll look like the burn book from Mean Girls and we'll just run around and be like, oh my God, sign my thing. Please sign my thing. Oh my God, we're your biggest fan. We promise that we're like professional, but like, oh oh my God, we went to CrimeCon. Help us go to CrimeCon, guys. Let's go this year. I don't even know when it is. I think they're in Nashville this year. When is it? I looked it up. Oh, my God. When is it? I don't. I want to say June, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay, friends. Um, If you could join Patreon so we can go to CrimeCon, I would love you forever. I mean, it's research. So, like, you're getting, like, more. Like, we would totally do the whole thing. Oh, yeah. We'd make sure that we we would record it all for you. And we would do stuff there. So it's it's really for you. It's, it's all for really you. Really Everything for you. we do. <laughs> Jessica was born February 5th, 1995 in Mississippi oh, in God. a small town Young. called Cortland. Mm-hmm. Cortland is a small town that has about 500 people in it. So it's one of those. Yeah. So it's one of those like high very school. small towny. Exactly. Oh, so my high school had more people in it than that. My high school class oh, had more people in it than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. She was a cheerleader. She played softball. She was very kind, caring, and it was mentioned that she was trusting and almost too trusting to the point where it was kind of a naive type. Mom and dad divorced when she was three, but they lived close by and it was very amicable. She had, had six 
siblings and step-siblings, so it's kind of a mix. I feel like we always get these cases where it's like, like the blended type of families. <laughs> I'm like, you. kids, and you're like, the fuck? <laughs> it's always I, I know I talked about Hamilton's eight kids, but every case, it's like, oh, we, it's like the fucking Brady Bunch we have to pull together. No. It, it is always me because then you go, look how many kids you have to have. I mean, and then I'm like, this just no, happened in literary lore. There, what was the other uh-huh. one? <laughs> There's just kids hurting the, the Jersey, Jersey Devil. Devil. I had 13. 13? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it was an amicable divorce. It was, you know, blended type of family that she had step siblings, regular siblings, like biological siblings. Now, in 2012 her brother died in a car accident and this was awful this was like her breaking point they were very close so it was just it hit her really hard so she ended up turning to drugs and then it eventually got to harder drugs oh not good she got involved with a bad group of people a lot of the people that she was associated with were associated with gangs oh i don't like that um she actually was dating somebody at the time and she ended up living with him for a couple of years with him and his parents he was associated with the gang so you know she's not in it but she's dating someone who is associated so yeah. it's you know um you're you're a mobly yeah some of those things so she he didn't end up moving away but it didn't really make a difference because she started dating somebody who was pretty much similar he was very into drugs he was very abusive verbally and physically oh i don't like that but she did decide you know what i need to go get help so she did get help good for her good she job. went to an all-female christian rehab house sounds terrible um, yeah but i'm you know it's all female so i'm assuming like it was more of a you stay you get hey girl let's let's get you back on your feet type of thing um, and she did stay for her a couple of months she stayed until october 2014 so it was in the summer of 2014 that she finally decided i gotta i gotta do this now the issue with all those people that she knew um she came back and they started harassing her because they were former friends she felt they felt kind of they were snitching she was snitching on them because her dad was a mechanic and he did a lot of the maintenance work for the policemen in the area so if she said something you know so again it's it's drama all over the place all over the place so yeah so here's where we get to november and we and she meets quentin quentin okay she met quentin through a friend of hers named kesha so kesha and her are besties so quentin and her started texting around the end of november so it started just kind of friendship type of thing. He actually went on an errand with her one time. So it maybe started to kind of go in that direction where he thought it was a relationship. Oh, oh. December 3rd, he flat out asks her, let's have sex. Well, turn and me on. And she's like, I, yeah. Like, <laughs> excuse me, um. I would like to have sexual relations with you. Yeah. So I think at the time he had said, hey, you know, come over. And, you know, and she said, I don't really feel comfortable having sex 
at your mom's house when her and your sister are home and you know it's it just seems awkward so she kind of pushed him away with that okay literally the next day he texts her quote i'm horny are we all like what makes you and so she damn rep- special and she just replies oh lord now how true crime all the time mentioned this and how oh. i'm kind of interpreting it usually when you say something to that effect it's kind of like a, oh hey and you kind of want to it's it's uncomfortable you're like, not oh boy that, that's you yeah like, really? you're not really in a relationship with this person so maybe it's kind of like okay thanks for sharing type of thing yeah is your left um, hand busy i don't know what your problem is yeah it's and so she kind of responded this way and it kind of seems like she's uncomfortable yeah he texts her four more times throughout that day about having sex with her and about wanting to have sex with her and every single time she's like hey no at one point she even said like i'm on my period so yeah we don't run red lights we don't run red lights honey absolutely it seems like it's it just seems like it's the amount of times he kept pushing and the amount of times she kept kind of going, uh-huh, it was kind of like a nervous, like, please leave me alone. Stop talking to me about this. So. Did he send dick pics? Um, dick send dick pics? He definitely He did not. Um, or maybe he did. But according to the phone records, no. But they did get all of the texts where he basically, they were like, oh, here's where he asked her for sex. Oh, here's where he asked her for sex. Okay. I hate that. The next day, so December 5th, Jessica says to him, hey, can I borrow some money because I just need, you know, to get something, whatever. And he's like, sure, I'll give you money if you have sex with me. This is not a Julia Roberts movie. You are not Richard Gere. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Put your dick in your pants and shut the fuck up. Is this for real? No. I don't yeah. like him. Like, leave her. Can we hate leave him? her alone. Is he oh, on our absolutely. Hate? Oh, we hate him. We fucking absolutely. hate him. Where's my I hate him shirt? The fact Maybe that he, that. the fact that he continues to push it too, it's like, bro, she's told you and it's either she's not interested, she's not comfortable. They just started talking like not even a month ago. Oh, so no. So this is very oh, no. awkward. And so now she's very beautiful. She's very cute. Okay. But it slow your roll a little bit. Like that's that's not you know I'm not just a machine. You just turn me on and here we go. Like this is not how it works. No. So no, don't like it. It's constant to the point where it's almost like harassing now. Where she continues to any conversation they get into, it's about like he turns it towards I'm horny. I want to have sex with you. Blah blah. blah. And it, it's very it's so old. It gets yeah. old. That gets old so fast. Yeah. So Ugh. December sixth. Here's the timeline because this is kind of where everything goes awry. This is like three days of this, right? It started on the fourth. You said. Yeah. Ugh. Ten a.m. She goes out to run errands with her friend Kesha, <laughs> and they end up picking up. Quentin on the way you know kind of you know that's kind of what I'm thinking I'm like just lose his number yeah (laughs) like you can ghost a a quote-unquote friend and this is not a friend this (laughs) is not a fucking friend no this is not how a friend if you're younger and you're dealing with these things that is not a fucking friend kick him to the curb ghost that motherfucker 
No. Because literally, he's only it's not interested gonna, in this. It's not going to get better. And there is no friendship. No. There's no friendship because they just started talking. Yeah. So this is a little bit much. This will only get worse. Either way, she took him and her friend. They went out for errands. She came back by two. Okay. So typical teenager, she comes back. She takes a nap at two o'clock. Yeah. Got partying to do. Yeah. Yeah. 4 p.m. She gets a phone call that wakes her up. It's unclear where, what, who called her or whatever, but it's enough that she goes, okay, I got to leave. So she tells her mom at 530, she's like, okay, I'm going to be back. I'm going to go get some food. So I'll be fine. But I'm going to be back in a little bit. Two and a half hours go by. Jess hasn't come home. So mom calls her and is like, hey, where are you at? She answers and she says to mom, I'll be back soon. So this is, you know, a couple hours later. 8 p.m., the local fire department gets a call yeah. about a car that is on fire. And they responded to the scene within two minutes, which is so fast. Damn, what was this, like around the corner? Yes. I, well, there are only 500 people in the town. Oh, that's so true. It's like three I assume blocks. it's like, yeah. There's like one so, main street and then there's like three blocks. It's probably connected to like a coffee shop and, you know, all the commercial. <laughs> the cafe gymatorium. <laughs> exactly. So it was Jessica's car that was on fire. And it was on fire to the point where the paint was peeling off. What? That's no, how hot it was. Don't like it. So one of the firefighters who obviously everybody knows each other gets out, was kind of they're dealing with the car. He sees Jessica come out from the woods, basically naked except for her underwear, and she is completely burned. <gasps> to tell oh, no, baby, no. Now she's walking around, but it's not entirely like she's she came out of the woods and he knows her, but he's like, I had no idea. Like it was so heartbreaking listening to him on the stand because he knows who she is but he's like she was coming at me and i had no idea that this was a female like i literally this person was coming at me the way that she was she was burned 97 percent of her body was burned no her feet like her under like the under like the bottoms of her feet and her butt were the only two places that she wasn't completely burned Almost like she was sitting. Oh, shit. Like the soles of her feet. Well, that's kind of. Yeah. Well, but like her. So that's why she was kind of walking. So it seemed like she was saying, help me. And that's kind of what they got from that. So he says, OK, so he's trying to. He says, who? What's your name? And she says Jessica. But her last name, she kind of fumbles because, again, her throat's all burnt and that there's all. So she slurs everything and then one of the paramedics said do you know who did this to you and it sounded like she said eric or derek but it's unclear now i hate she everything was right now doused in gasoline <laughs> to the point where it was in her throat no in her like yeah no so this was super intentional yep. by all accounts. I hate him. But this whole what she said at that moment 
is going to be a huge thing of debate throughout this entire case because that's kind of what they, you know, I, clearly it's it's like a who did this to you and she's saying something, but you're not. You can't understand what hoping, she's trying you're to hoping. say. Yeah. So she was airlifted to a hospital and her parents arrived. They were called. They arrived and they sat with her. Now, she, her injuries were, were I mean, again, 97% of her body. You're really just making her comfortable. As so comfortable mom, as you can. Mom sat with her, held her hand and said, listen, baby, it's it's okay. You can let go. And she died basically within minutes after her mom told her it's okay to let go. I should have um, gone second today. This is so sad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so they got Jess's phone records because they're like, let's let's figure this shit out. But this is a typical case of like a small town where a lot of this is a lot. Like this is yeah. a lot. And they've never seen anything like this. Oh. So they got her phone records and they saw that Quinton was the last one to contact her. Told you I hated him. Our our friend Quentin. He's not our friend. So they brought him He's in. Not my friend. Fuck that guy. No. So they brought him in for an interview to be like, hey, what's going on? Uh, at first, he told the police, at first, the last time he saw her was at 10 a.m. No, because you were with him at her at like two, because then she went home. It, when the cops said, well, wait a minute, these texts say elsewhere and also. It was, it says you were together at this time. He goes, oh yeah, I did see her at the M&M convenience store, which this convenience store is like hopping because they have all kinds of stuff going on here. Um, everybody goes there. Like you can get your gas there. You can get all kinds of stuff. Probably one place um, in the whole fucking town. of Exactly. People. So, oh no, I saw her at the store, but 530, I, I didn't, you know. After that, I didn't see her. But then they checked the phone records again because they're like, oh, no, 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 no. But you could say this all you want, but the phone records show that your phone's pinged in the same place at 7.30 p.m. I hate you and you're stupid. Good job, dick. After she had left the store. So, okay, your phone's pinged together and she was, she surveillance footage shows her not there at the store. And he's like, okay. So, yes, we hung out. Yes, we went to Taco Bell. We went back to my driveway. We ate food I'm and so we just hungry. listened to music. But she left at 7 p.m. Why? Um, Does it, do they okay, tell you what they had at Taco Bell? It, no. Damn. Okay. But, but it does show the surveillance video at Taco Bell that they did go. Oh, so okay. They so checked. you see that there's together. a lot of... There's a lot of surveillance footage here. So when that's he's good. like, oh, I haven't seen her since, they're like, mm, I don't know about this. And he's like, oh, that's right. Oh, oh, oh. So he says, listen, she left at seven and I went to my friend's house. Which friend? Yeah, there's two problems with this with this story. I'm ready. Well, who's this friend? One. Seems Casper. The surveillance cameras show that she left the convenience store at 730. So not... She wasn't with him in his driveway and leaving at 7. She was at the convenience store at 7.30. And then it shows where she drove towards the fire, where the fire was. And there was a witness that said that she was driving with someone who looked like him in the car. 
Another problem. This friend was at a football game, wasn't home. And there are, like, he has the alibi. Everyone saw him there. He signed it. Okay, good. Awesome. Good. Her car keys were found a couple days later, about two miles away from his mom's house. And when they did take DNA off of the keys, who touched them, you well, dumb fuck? Who touched the keys? So he was also seen on surveillance camera again God, at the idiot. convenience store at 826, 15 minutes after the fire was reported. <gasps> So he's like running away. So that's kind of what it seems. And also based on the surveillance footage and based on all this stuff, it shows that the different different times a day, he changed his clothes three times that day. So he was wearing three different outfits that day. He he heard clothes right. don't make the man. That, that's probably what it is. So he should try different outfits. Or clothes make the man. So he had to change his outfit. You know, see, he wanted, you know, a D. Or she wanted, he I mean, wanted her to want I, I a mean, D. Or... I mean, I mean. Fucking I mean, stupid, but I mean, he's stupid. I don't so, like him. Here's e- the even crazier thing. An hour after the murder, so after they found her and after the whatever, he had deleted her contact, her text, all of her information from his phone. And when the cops said, why? He said, well, she was gone, so why have how her did, contact information? How did you know she was gone already? How did you know what happened um, to delete all her shit? How did you um, know? Why, why, why would you not keep it? Like, why? This like, your again, friend. This is your best friend. You this... wanted to fuck her. Like, why would you just... Why would you delete it after an hour after she died? Is that... Is that... So, in an hour, I don't think... even think it would have been enough time, a whole hour. They found the car. They got mm-hmm. her out of the woods. Then she had to be yep. airlifted. And then, you know, you get yep. into a room, your parents get... That's more than an hour. So you knew right. shit was popping off before right. the world knew. I hate exactly so much right now. And also the cops found it a little bit because of the timeline and because of the surveillance video. They were like, it kind of seems for her to be at the convenience store at 7.30. And then within like 15 minutes... There are like half an hour, 15 minutes, something happens where the, the firefighters get called. It seems very weird for her to encounter another person between that time. I would agree. It just doesn't, you know? Yep. That's on So they, arrest, they arrested him. Good. Fuck that guy. <laughs> the police's theory on this, because of all the timelines and everything that matches up, they're thinking he's upset with her. You know, she keeps saying no. Dick. To the... I hate him. I hate him so much. So he gets mad. He strangles her (laughs) and then douses her in gasoline and then lights the car on fire. Now, they were thinking maybe he thought that she was already dead when he did it. And maybe that's the reason why she got out. And that's maybe kind of can explain the bottoms of her feet and her her bottom not being. Oh, yeah, because she'd be sitting in the car. Okay. Okay. And why would you be completely naked in the in the beginning of December when it's very cold? That's fair. So yep, that checks. Yeah. So unfortunately, because of how burned she was, it's not they they couldn't like check for like a, a sexual assault or anything. Um, oh. So they kind of made the assumption that that's kind of 
like he strangles her and returns and then tries to kill her yeah. because of the evidence. Like, ew, I yeah. really hate him. Yeah. So also, the tow truck driver that they asked to get the car after they put the fire out and everything drove the car to the convenience store to get himself some snacks as he's got this burned vehicle on the fucking hangar. So now everyone at the fucking convenience store sees what's going on. Like, what are you doing? Like, do your job. You couldn't wait another 15 minutes to literally get across, to get across, (laughs) like, you know, Main Street, which is like a block long. Put that in your, like, fenced-in area and then go back. It would literally take you 15 minutes. Not even. You were that parched. Were you dying? Yo, Ted, what the fuck were you doing? And see, that's the problem, too, because they people were able to see the car. So they were able to see and he had it in the parking lot. So people were like, oh, my God, going near it, possibly touch. Bro. You booked up. Bro. Bro, like Ted, man. I just named him Ted. Yeah. No, we're just gonna go with it. His name's Ted now. Quentin did go to trial. Good. And his defense kept pushing the Derek and Eric that she said it because she was asked by the first responders who did this to you. And she said either some people said they heard Derek, some people heard Eric. Now Quentin does not sound like that. No. And in her phone, she didn't have any Derek's or Eric's and she you know they what was his last name out what's his last name again Quentin Tellis 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 that could sound like Eric if you were just burnt yeah especially if your throat just had gasoline poured down it and you're on fire doctors even testified it would have been hard for her to talk during that time because gas was poured down her throat so it wasn't just a let's light the whole car on fire she it was intentional like it was everywhere she didn't have contact with a Derek or eric they interviewed a whole bunch of Derek's and eric's in the area it just doesn't sit yeah now this is so fucking crazy to me so 2017 the jury came out and they read the verdict as not guilty but I don't like that. They misunderstood the assignment Fucking because idiots. they're like, "Oh, we thought we would just we would come. We all didn't agree." And the judge is like, "You all didn't agree." It's called a mistrial. And they're like, "Yeah, we didn't agree." Then what the fuck are you doing out here? Get back fucking in there and make sure you come. So they came out with this decision because I guess it was a majority. Of them? No. Not, not guilty? They, I watched so they were the video. Like, oh. I, there's a video. They make you watch. Who was high when they were playing the video, guys? There is a fucking video. You watch it. They tell they you the rules. You, watch it. you have to sign a paper. Yeah, I watched the movie. What? Like, uh-huh. I understand what, what the movie said. What were you doing? It's not that hard. It's, it's not. And this is why it blows my mind. Because... When you see there's documentaries that had the footage of this and there's actually the the audio and the judge is kind of like, what? Oh, like, that's I'm cute. Sorry? You're that stupid. Do it again. again. Go back in there 
the, the whole you had one like, job. I don't, you had one job. You don't. The whole point is that you don't agree and come out with the verdict, and they're all like, "Okay." <laughs> so he sends them back. Okay. Okay. Take two. Okay. Cool. So they send them back in, but it still didn't matter. They couldn't agree, so it was a hung jury. This isn't that hard. So you know this? No. So they go to trial again okay. in 2018. Another mistrial. Hung jury. Where the fuck are they finding these people? This is not that well, hard of a concept. There's no one else. No. That's that's the thing. Like, it just, the first group of people were like, oh, I didn't realize we had to all agree. And then they still couldn't all agree. The second trial... You still have the same information, but still can't agree. And and like when you look at this case, I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, you know. But when you look at this and you go, you've got video evidence of this. It, he didn't, you, you don't, the only thing you don't have video evidence of him doing is actually committing this, this official crime. But all of this stuff looks suspicious. Doesn't matter because they, they couldn't do it. So now... They were going to go to another trial, but Quentin got indicted in 2019 on another crime. <gasps> what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Who did he burn? What did he burn? Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready for it. So, I'm not ready for this, but okay. <laughs> Ming Chen Hasso was found dead in her apartment 2015. She was a Taiwanese exchange student. She was tortured and stabbed oh. three times. Yeah. And these two hung Her juries body? fucked up. Right? Because this happened when, like, well, he, during all that. Or was he? It in- happened before. It happened before. <gasps> so he was oh, in trial. Shit. So it happened before. So. I hate it. Her body, unfortunately, was not found for 10 days because she was in her apartment. So it kind of took a while. She's an exchange student. So family isn't going to be aware quentin magically got her debit card somehow wow he's so resourceful he got the pin number and he stole money from her account was he like begging her for sex too is he like a troll i feel like he probably looks like a troll is there a picture of him yeah i put it up on the okay. drive go on the drive the be- here is the best part of this whole fucking thing Quentin had a girlfriend while he's trying to fuck all these other people. Somebody wants to fuck him. Hold on. Quentin. What's his name? Tell us. Tell us. There it is. It came right up. Yup. All right. Hold Mm -hmm. on. Let's make fun of this fucker. (laughs) Ew. Yeah. Ew. He's not attractive. He's not attractive. He looks so much older than her. He looks like he's in his 20s and she's like, you know. 17. She she was 19. Oh, and my he God. was in his 20s. Ew. When we met. Yeah. Ew. I don't like it. I don't like it. Fix your face. I don't like it. I take him off my screen. So, getting back to Ming. Yeah. Her, they found, they actually were able to because, of course, he, he stole her. Well, he says he found it. So you used it? How'd you get the pin number, bitch? You can't and the just pin number guess. he found. He just he just happened to guess oh, the right pin. She number. she wrote it on the back of her card. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we're going with, I suppose. Okay, I'll take it. Now, 
there was security footage. He just loves getting the goddamn security footage, like showing his fucking face at the apartment, which gave police the license plate number and car and the, and a man matching his description. Okay, so, so it's there. Okay. Now, Quinton pled guilty to illegally using her card, but he didn't admit to the murder. Dick. I hate him. He received 10 years for that. For fraudulently so is, using the debit card. But yes. was he ever charged with the murder of this other girl? I think they're still trying to put together Evident. information. Oh, so that's still like an active because investigation? Like as of right now, you think? I, I mean, I as far as I read, yes, because she's still, she was murdered. So it's unsolved. And it's, oh. I mean, technically Jessica's murder is also unsolved because oh. they have not gone to another trial. I figured it out. It's okay. Tell them. Tell them to call me. I figured it out. I'll tell them the answer. He can be released. No. In 2027. No. I don't like that. No. I don't approve. Can somebody call me? This time, he has not, there's no been no decision on whether they're going to try him again for Jess's murder. Um, like, I'm all, like, uh, and unfortunately, uh, Jessica's mom passed away a couple of years ago. So it's. Oh, yeah. She hasn't seen Justice. Is her dad still alive? Yes. But they, so her, her murder is still unsolved. I believe Ming's is unsolved too, because they basically, I guess, were trying to get him on both. And he admitted to, you're right, I, I stole the card and I used it and I, I stole money. But like, bro, how did you get her card? Whoa. Like, from what the, the sky? It's like, like pennies from heaven. Like, I, I don't know. So I, I don't know because I didn't look into Ming and her murder. But I'm assuming that they're going to try to to pull together something. The problem is that it's almost been, it's been over 10 years for Jessica. So they're kind of thinking, and oh, a right. lot of the evidence was burned. Yeah. Um, And for Ming, it's been almost 10 years since her murder. So I, I guess they were just kind of looking to put him away. But at the same time, you're like, bro, like what, what? So- I don't anticipate prison being a, a great place for him to be reformed. So when he comes out in the next three fucking years, I don't like that. I don't anticipate him being reformed. But at the same time, maybe they pull their shit together to go. Let's keep him in there because th there's two people dead, and and let's let's be quite honest here. Who are we looking at? Like, yeah, what other are, suspects are there? Are there any? It just it just pisses me off that this whole fucking like the jury got so caught up on the fucking Derek and Eric and they're like, well, his name isn't that. Yeah. But gasoline was poured down her throat and, and she, she was, was burned, burned alive. Burned alive. Like, come on. What? She could have fucking said Mickey Mouse in that moment. It, could exactly. she even really hear what the question was? Was she even saying Derek or Eric? Like. For all you know, she could have been like, gurgling help me still and like just getting weaker and weaker. Cause they heard help me. And the parent and the firefighter who knew her said, What's your name? And he heard her say Jess. 
but she kind of slurred the last name. But he, it was illegible enough for him to go, oh my God. Okay. But you're right. Did she understand the question? Yeah. Because there are no, there were no contacts that she had in her phone, Derek or Eric. This guy was on every goddamn fucking security goddamn footage that you could possibly be on. Like, why would he be in that area? Why would he be coming from that area? Like, think about it. Like, he had to be coming back if she got him that way. And then they came back. So he went back into the store. He came back. He was waiting for a ride. And the ride that showed up looked a lot like his sister's car that came to pick him up. So, like, you know, it's just like, how did you get all the way over there? Like, what? Like, where? What? Why are her car keys two miles from your house? Like, why are you so dumb why did that you, delete you didn't her? throw it somewhere like in a lake? Why did you delete her contact information? Why are you so dumb An that hour. you would do this? Why are you dumb is the main question here, I feel. And unfortunately, two amazing women who could have done amazing, incredible things with their lives are dead because of... I. I we can't say... Like because of him, because he hasn't been convicted. But let's be, but let's be real. Allegedly, get the alleged counter out. It, uh, her case is unsolved, but it's solved. Everyone kind of has. It's kind of solved. It's just that you've got two. Unfortunately, you've got two jury panels who just like misunderstood the assignment. It's allegedly and, like, solved. I allegedly yeah. solved it. Jen helped allegedly. I, yeah, absolutely. So this one pissed me off, and that's the reason why I was like, I got, I got to go into this story I'm because it pissed me off. Angry. And I'm sorry, I'm very. Angry. You should have gone second because at the very <laughs> least, I could have been. I could have. You know I what? I got goose pimples. Stroke. I don't know if you saw me. At one point, I was like punching the air. I had goose pimples so bad from your story. I had to punch. Like I had to do something to like get rid of the nervous energy. I was punching <laughs> the air. Like you it's again, bad. again, phenomenal job phenomenal job you really brought you know feeling to this i am very upset now the story sucks, i'm sorry but you did a fantastic job telling it and researching Thank it and you. you did so good and i know how hard i know how hard it is because i've done it a few times to do the true crime side of this podcast so I'm very proud it's of you rough. and you did and that's so why, good telling me. And that's why but I'm always like, I still, I'm sorry. I still hate it's going to be a downer. It so hate it. I at least could have put in some like Zach Baggin jokes at the end if it was you, your story second, oh you God, know? You do the Zach Baggin so well. I forget. Somebody told me that the other day. I think I was in the office and Tracy was like, oh my God, her Zach Baggin's impression. I'm like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so fucking jealous of it. You're so good. <laughs> oh, I'm Zach uh, I used to be a skeptic, and now I'm not. Here I am. Now I'm totally not a skeptic because I see demons all the time. Oh, oh my god! He just happens to see the demons at the same time. Yep. <laughs> oh my god! Well, um, you did well, a great we learned job. that Jen is absolutely going to hell because of how I named this episode. So that's totally on me. That's me. That's me. My seat is getting warmed up down there. So. Hey, I, mean, I got it. I, I got um, the Chase Lounge right next to you, so we'll be fine. Okay. Thanks for listening to death. Thanks, guys. I'm sorry. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you can hear the next time Jen completely murders someone and tells a horrible story. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm sorry. <laughs> Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. You know, when you rate us or review us on Facebook, uh, Spotify, or or what is that? Um, iTunes. It really helps. Like, we're okay. really seeing traction, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, if you would like to join our Patreon page and help us go to CrimeCon, or you would like to purchase Hell some yeah. of our merch, which would also help us get to CrimeCon, please go to our website, deathbeforebooze.com. You can find the link to both our merch and our Patreon sites. And yep. I have to put this one back out there, y'all. We want to do your stories. We want to hear your stories. We want to read your stories. I am going to die on this hill. Please send in your crazy, creepy, yeah. spooky Cheers. stories to deathbeforebooze at gmail.com. And that's deathbeforebooz at gmail.com. Because I get really spooked reading and hearing like other people's like actual yeah. personal stories. And I want to get more spooked than just telling scary stuff about some guy named Bill who's an asshole. So please do that. Okay. Thank you so much. That's my little All bit. Right. Okay. Love you guys. Love you. Stay spooky.